Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 315th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode a Falcons Free Agency Primer. We have a special guest today, AJC columnist Michael Cunningham, and we're going to break down the free agency situation for the Atlanta Falcons as they head into this very important offseason. So, Michael, what are some of your thoughts here on the free agency group of the Atlanta Falcons? First of all, this is my Bowtie Chronicles debut, so I'm very excited. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, this is great. Obviously, uh, Arthur seems to think that because they were good in close games that maybe they were, you know, a good team. I disagree. Uh, the close games tend to be random over time. Uh, there's a lot of luck involved, and we saw that with some of the couple of games the Falcons lost. So, to me, they need a big talent upgrade, obviously, uh, a big death upgrade. Uh, they'll have a little bit more flexibility to do it, but – Got to sign the right players, which, you know, the Falcons have a history lately. Previous regime, uh, new regime did a little bit better, I think, but they have a recent history of not doing so great with the free agents, so uh, they really need to hit on some guys this year. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've we seen them uh, miss on the offensive line with uh, Jamin Brown and uh, James Carpenter there. It's real, been real tough trying to rebuild the line. Seen a miss on Fowler and uh, and going back a few years, Ray Edwards in the pass rush game. So nobody's putting pass rushers out on the street. Right. <laughs> nobody's putting good linemen out on the street. So, you know, your safest thing and the best bet is to develop your own. Um, you know, there have been different approaches. Uh, a lot of the, you know, the Packers, they developed their linemen. Uh, a lot of teams, the Eagles used to go out and get theirs in free agency. So it's a couple different ways to do it, and they just haven't been able to figure it out here on uh, what's the best way to do that. So we have a um, you have a clip here from Coach Smith. We want to hear from uh, Coach here on their second offseason together, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. And here's what Coach Smith says. They have a pretty good process now. Well, I think everybody's more familiar with each other. Um, Certainly the second time around, if you've done your due diligence and your process is good, it, it should go smoother. Um, it's just because there's just so many things to do here. One, as you're getting, you know, you start and hit the ground running, it should be a lot easier this time because you, you kind of understand how everybody operates and there's some things that we want to do better than what we did last time. And it just you're just more familiar. It's like any relationship. You, you feel like you know everybody better. Yeah, and they uh, they do. They um they have a group that uh, came in from a lot of different franchises. Uh, you know, the Redskins, the, oh, excuse me, Washington football team, the Ravens. Uh, Arthur Smith came from the Titans. Terry Fontenot came from uh, New Orleans. You know, and, um, you know, they they uh, 
Had to blend everything together, step on some toes, change some processes. And uh, this year, they're thinking, hey, it's going to be a little bit smoother than the uh, original transition year. So what we're going to do here with the free agents, uh, it's 27. They had 28, but they signed Dorian Etheridge to a reserve futures contract inside linebacker from Louisville. Or did I say that right? Is it Louisville? Louisville. <laughs> okay, Louisville. <laughs> there we go. So he was re-signed to a futures deal. So you have 27 free agents, and we got them in the groups here. We got them in the, the top group, the top tier, uh, a middle tier, and then a low tier. And the, the top group, we're calling them the keepers. And the middle group, we're calling them the uh, – the right price, guys. You know, you want them back, but, you know, you don't want to pay too much. And then we got some guys we're just going to say goodbye to in the free agency group here. Now, the uh, keeper group, Mike, uh, Corderell Patterson's priority number one, kicker Youngway Koo, and Fourier Ulakon, who led the league in tackles. It's kind of a dubious stat. You don't really want to lead the league in tackles. It means you're playing a lot of, a lot of defense. Uh, Russell Gage. Uh, Josh Harris and punter Thomas Morstad. That's the group that uh, you want to keep. You got to figure out uh, how to make the money work. Patterson had a um, $3 million one-year contract, so he's looking to get paid. His best contract over his career was a two-year, $10 million deal with uh, the Bears. So um, the former first-round prick has never really had a big payday. So this might be his chance here. He turns 31 on March the 17th. You know, you're not look, talking about a five-year contract here. You're talking about a two- or three-year contract. Uh, Mike, any thoughts on, on the group here and how you would uh, try to proceed with re-signing them? Yeah, Patterson's an interesting case because, uh, you know, he's a running back. And, you know, the, the trend in the league now is you don't pay running backs, especially when you're using the uh, system the Falcons run, this wide zone scheme. It's kind of – assume that you could kind of plug in any guy who who's just you know a good cutback runner and uh you can work in this scheme but we saw that the way arthur smith used patterson this year he was a, he was a weapon he you got to give arthur smith credit for that he figured out a way to use patterson that nobody really had so maybe he has a bigger value to the falcons than he does on the market uh i think you mentioned that patterson's biggest contract was what two years 10 million something like that would be okay you worry a little bit about the age at 31, but he hasn't. He doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires because he's never really been a, a main guy as a running back. And uh, so I think maybe you have a little bit more uh, value to the Falcons just because Arthur Smith's found ways to use him that nobody has. He also kind of was the guy who gave them the attitude. He was a physical runner that helped a lot. I mean, he'd hit in the backfield. He could still give you some positive yardage. He showed some explosive play capability that nobody really knew he had from scrimmage which kind of makes sense because he'd been a good kick return, you know, a good open field guy. Uh, and like I said, Arthur Smith figured out a way to use him. So I think I agree with you that he's kind of the priority. The, um, maybe you overpay a little bit for him, quote, unquote, overpay for him a little bit just because he has more value to you. Koo, obviously, good kicker. When you have a good kicker, you don't let him go. They did before. They brought him back. So, uh, <laughs> um, And they figured out that he, he can kick. You got to give him credit too, right? I mean, it's hard as a kicker once – once you fall out of favor, it's hard to get back in and get your foot back in and get people to trust you. If, you know, you got to be able to trust your kicker. You don't want to be thinking about, do I even want to send this guy out in crucial situations? Um, 
Olakun, he's, you know, as you said, tackles can be a dubious statistic. But for, for my eye, you know, he was he's a solid linebacker. Um, and I think that's not the most important position, but, you know, it, it is important to have a guy who can, you know, go sideline side to sideline. And, uh, you know, he was, a, I guess, okay as a blitzer. Uh, Gage, if he's your number three, I love him. If he's your number two, not so much. If he's your number one, not at all. But uh, he did make some plays. He made some some explosive plays this year. Uh, the consistency probably wasn't there like he'd like, but you know, he's he, he's worth bringing back as a deaf guy, as a, you know, a, a, number, a number three tight. Josh Harris still going. I mean, it's another position. It's like kicker. Once you get a good one, keep it, keep them. They're relatively cheap, no problem there. Uh, who's the other guy? Oh, Morstead, Morstead. punter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Punter is a position where you bring a guy back. If he doesn't work out, it's relatively easy to go get another guy. Uh, there are guy on the, guys on the street that are pretty good. You see a bunch of college punters that don't even get signed, uh, former pro guys on the street. So, yes, re-sign him if he's cheap. If he doesn't work out, usually, you know, you can make the contract in a way where you can cut him and it's not too much pain. Yeah, no question about it. Uh Cool. Just a note on him. Um, Jason Tucker's the highest paid kicker at five million. So I'm thinking two million for Cool too uh, would do it. Two point five. Uh, Gage um, looked up his numbers. It was a four year, two point six million dollar deal. Uh, he was making average six fifty for four years as a former six round pick. So somebody's gonna give him two million. He's gonna double, triple his salary. Um, just because he's, you know, been highly productive, 193 catches over four years, 72 last year and 66 this year when he had to play through the ankle sprain. So you're not talking major deals here, and, and that's a good thing because the uh, Falcons don't have major room, so <laughs> they can get some of these guys back. I think Mike can get all of this back. So uh, that's our keeper group. Uh, you know, maybe somebody overpays Gage and he goes and makes some money somewhere. Good for him. Um, you know, Foyer. Uh, you know, linebackers are funny because they, they let Devondre Campbell go. Nobody paid him. He went to Arizona. They didn't pay him. And he went to Green Bay. And this year he's the all-pro middle linebacker. So, you know, Devondre's agents going to have to do a better job of getting him some because he's played six years of good football and doesn't have a, a contract that's market value for his play. So hopefully, you know, he'll shine in the playoffs. I don't know. He'll be a free agent. I don't know if the Falcons won't go back and get one of their old ones. But in that 3-4, Foyer and Devondre would look a lot better to me than Foyer and Dion. Um, Dion looks a little out of place in the 3-4. Uh, he's a traditional weak side backer, but we'll see how they move forward at the linebacker spot. Uh, let's move over to the next group. These are guys. It's a longer list. They take the right deal. Keep them. Uh, Darren Bates helped you on special teams. Matt Gano, hopefully he's healthy. He can maybe help you on the line. Deron Harmon, he's veteran, good leadership. Key things about these old veterans, though, they got to be able to play. I don't know how well he um, – you want to upgrade at safety, but I wouldn't – I would try to bring him back again. Uh, Jonathan Bullard. Until you get something better up front, you know, bring him back. Jaden Graham, a tight end who was out on IR. 
you know, you're going to have uh, Hurst, Lee Smith, Jaden Graham. All you got on the roster now is Kyle Pitts and Parker Hesse. It doesn't cost you much. Bring him back. Isaiah Oliver is over here on this list uh, just because he was a former second-round pick, and he was a nickelback under the new regime and was doing pretty good until they sent him on that blitz, and uh, J.D. McKissick laid him out and blew his knee out. Uh, so I don't know how gunshot he's going to be coming off for the slot blitz coming forward. Josh Rosen, I'm intrigued. I had him. Y'all know I had him rated. I shouldn't keep repeating this, but I had him rated as the number one quarterback that year. So I'm, I'm partial. I want to see if he can play or not. Uh, Lee Smith, the tight end. Yeah, he's he's getting old, but, hey, you need a blocking tight end. Shouldn't cost you much. Uh, Lama De Zacchaeus, ah, you can get him back. But he had a chance to step up this year and it didn't really do it. Uh, and then Jason Spriggs, the swing tackle. You got to upgrade at all spots on the line. Um, until you do it, bring him back. And then Kobe Gassett, he started the uh, gossip from North Forsyth High. He started the last game uh, at left guard for Mayfield. So these are my guys that, uh, you know, hey, if the right price, bring them back. Any any thoughts, Cunningham, on uh, any of these people you got to have back or, or they really need back? Believe it or not, I think they should. I like to bring back Oliver. Uh, I wrote him off as kind of a bust, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was playing outside, I mean, he was bad. He was he was supposed to be this phys- big physical uh, corner, and he couldn't really get his hands on anybody. Everybody was getting off the line on him. Uh, he's not very fast. He just wasn't very good on the outside. But like you said, they moved him to the nickel, and uh, he was pretty good. I was surprised. Uh, inside, his his lack of speed isn't such a problem. His, his size works out for him. You know, he's usually up against these uh, inside receivers, you know, as – D. Led likes to call him Little Smurfs. Uh, he can use his he can use his size a uh, a little bit more and uh, not have to operate so much in space. And he was pretty good. So I think I agree on Oliver Gano with his mystery injury. Uh, if he's healthy, bring him back. They obviously need depth on the line. They need guys who can compete and guys if you put him in there that could do a reasonably good job. And he's one of the few candidates for that, especially on the on the uh, the depth of this line, I mean, he probably could have started this year. He probably would have started this year if he would have been healthy. Uh, definitely could have helped that line and pass protection, I think. Um, who else did you say? Oh, Zacchaeus? Yeah, yeah I'm kind of like, like you. I'm like, ah, I guess. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, what did you see from Harmon? Harmon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Good you're news. right though. They do. They do. Yeah. Yeah. They do need an upgraded safety. But uh, to me, he looked. He looked a little old, right? He looked a little old. Yeah. Um, and that's another thing. They haven't really had a lot of speed in their secondary for so long. Who's Who's even in some of the speed guys they've had? Nobody really. Uh, Rocky, our boy Offer. <laughs> that's it, right? Like. Yeah, Rocky used to grab everybody. He was a speed guy. Uh, Rocky should have been the Super Bowl hero, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> Bunch of um, would-be Super Bowl heroes. Yeah, that was a glorious moment when Tom Brady fell on his face. Uh, <laughs> Rosen, I know what you said, you're partial to him because you liked him. I mean, yeah, I think it's good to have a, a developmental guy there, kind of guy 
who had some talent coming out, and maybe because I mean, if if Matt Ryan goes down, the season's over anyway, right? That's right. That's my thought on it. That unless you're Tampa Bay or a contender, you want to have a veteran there that you know can come in and play. But if you're just the Falcons, you're kind of a mid-tier to low-tier team. Why not have a guy in there that if Matt gets hurt, you get a look at him. Who knows? Maybe he can play. Other than that, uh, yeah, Graham, I guess. Lee Smith, like you said, they're going to need a body at tight end. Why not? Yeah, so I would say I would agree that Oliver, Oliver and Rosen would be the top guys on that list for okay. me. The top, I say the top priorities. Well, all right. We're going to go to a cut from general manager Terry Fontenot explaining how they decide who stays and who goes. Well, you go through that process again. It starts with meeting with the coaches and determining who you do want to proceed with, and, and that's the beginning of it. And then we go through the process of, of looking at their market value. And it does make a difference when a player is in your building. And ideally, the best form of free agency is, is developing and, and signing your own players, players that because you're not guessing. We know exactly who they are in the building. And so that's important. So ideally, when it's players in your building, those are players you want to invest in. But there are a lot of variables, and you want to look at the market value and making sure you're making the right decisions. But when you can do that, when you can reward your players in your building, that's something that, that we want to do. Well, all right, yeah. So that he's kind of tipping his hat because you know when you sign free agents, they you know the other team doesn't want them, or uh, you know some some went bad with them, and uh, they weren't who they were projected to be, so you're kind of getting uh, damaged goods in that regard. So it's always best to develop your own and keep them. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the Falcons had got to the point where they couldn't keep their guys. They couldn't keep Austin Hooper. They couldn't keep uh, Devondre Campbell. Uh, we we're going to see this year if they can keep Foyer and Gage, two six-round picks. Um, you know, then they found uh, Patterson on the scrap heap, picked uh, Cool up. And uh, they had Josh Harris the whole time, and Morstead got him uh, off of the punter scrap heap this year, and he was with Terry in uh, New Orleans, and so I'm pretty sure there's some comfort uh, level there. He represents himself, so that would be an easy deal to do. Now, um, our last group here, we're just going to thank them for their service. We're going to start by thanking Dante Fowler. He tried hard for two years, couldn't help the pass rush much, so he's gonna, um, he's gonna, we're gonna, you know, let him go ahead and go on the market. Is, you know, a high pick, high draft pick that just never could get uh, any consistency. He got 11 with the Rams. They didn't want to bring him back. He came here to play for Quinn. Uh, Quinn gets fired. He goes to a 3 4, uh, which was kind of what he was playing in um, LA, but he's a liability in the run game, so he has to come out some. But I don't know. Uh, he wasn't healthy last year, or, or excuse me, in 2020. But uh, this year, just 4.5 sacks. Actually, your sack leader. So, may, you know, maybe you try to figure out a way to keep him. I don't know. But uh, Hayden Hurst, they kind of signaled that when they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. And uh, we just posted our uh, – a wide receiver story where he discusses, you know, hey, uh, I could only make, uh, you know, the most of the opportunities I'm given. And you can kind of sense and he was gone. He only got 31 targets. Pitts had 110 of them. So, you know, and he made, he caught 26 of his targets for three touchdowns. So, 
But I'm thinking, you know, they just didn't want to pay $5.5 million for a backup tight end because that's what he is. He's been that here, and he was that in Baltimore. And so the rest of them real quick, Josh Andrews, he was veteran uh, veteran insurance, Christian Blake, special teamers, Eric Harris, um, you know, he got hurt every year. He's, you know, been in the league, so he got hurt here. Uh, A.J. McCarron's on the IR, uh, had the knee. It wasn't looking really good in the preseason when he was playing. But, you know, Granny's playing with backups. And then Tajay Sharp didn't do anything to impress me. But uh, they like him because he, uh, I guess, because he knew the system and so forth. So, But those are or the seven that, uh, you know, we can kind of just move on and tell them, hey, thanks for your service. What are your thoughts on Fowler, uh, Mike, and uh, Hayden Hurst? They lead up this group. Yeah, I think you're right that Fowler is probably playing hurt for at least one of the years, maybe. Last year, we don't know. Uh, I admit that I kind of liked that deal when they did it. Uh, he showed some promise as a, as a, you know, he was kind of one of those guys, though, who had converted a lot of his pressures into sacks, and that's kind of unsustainable over the long term. But I thought maybe he could be a, a pressure guy for them, and he obviously wasn't. It's it's four and a half sacks, the team leader. That <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> uh, I would – I mean – Maybe he's available on the market cheap. You'd be tempted to bring him back as kind of a part of your pass rush group. But like you said, being such a liability in the run, he's a, you know, he's a two-down guy, one-down guy, really. Um, how much do you pay a guy like that, especially if he's not getting to the quarterback and the few opportunities he's going to get? So, yeah, probably move on. I would like to see them finally, finally go pass rush in the draft. <laughs> um, so maybe – that's where you say we're not going to we're not going to spend any money on the free agents. We're going to try to do it in the draft and, and develop the guys we got here. Uh, Hurst, yeah, five point five million wouldn't have been good for him. Uh, he might get paid, you know, as a as a pass catch pass catch tight end type guy. Uh, but they gave up what a second round pick for him. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, uh, way to go. <laughs> Good job, TD. Yeah, they gave away more picks. They could afford to give away picks, right? They didn't need those picks. Nah. Uh, yeah, the other guys. I mean, I don't know. You said they like Sharp. Yeah, uh, Arthur Smith uh, had him in Tennessee, and you know, kept him around here. I'm sure. I'm sure um, there were some probably other better wide receivers on the market. <laughs> yeah, probably pretty much an interchangeable guy. To me, looking at it from the outside, Arthur might have a different opinion based on what he knows about what the guy does for him. But to me, he's kind of interchangeable. So, I mean, the only decisions there, I would say, are Fowler and Hurst. Like you said, they already kind of made a decision with Hurst. Uh, he sounds like he thinks he deserves more, and he'll probably get it. So, see you later, Fowler. Yeah, good luck. So, um, you know, the salary cap is going up from uh, 192 to 208, I believe, are the real numbers. We'll have those for you as we move forward here in the process. But um, let's hear from General Manager Terry Fontenot, who expects to have a little bit more room to work with this year, but, you know, not much. Yeah, we're in a better spot because the cap did increase this year. That was one of the big challenges last year because of the cap um, going down so much, and, and, and we already had challenges prior to that. But this offseason, the cap did increase, and yet there still are challenges here um, for the next couple of years. But, again, we have to 
look at every contract, every player, whether they're under contract or not, and make the best decision um, for this team moving forward. All right. Well, um, hey, Mike, just wanted to um, go ahead and give your, uh, give our listeners here on the Bowtie Chronicles a shout-out and let them know what you're working on. I know uh, Georgia Tech coach Josh Pastner is probably looking for you today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was funny. He saw me. It was a Zoom call. He saw me on a Zoom call. He's like, oh, you're here to rip me because we just had a bad loss. <laughs> like, Yeah, that's how this works, though. <laughs> I was thinking, not just one bad loss, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was working on that. Uh, I don't know. I might write something on the Falcons. It's a little, a little slow right now. I also need to kind of tidy up Georgia's season. Everybody's still kind of got hung over from the parade, I guess. Uh, I had to kind of look at what's going on in the, uh, the college football transfer market mm-hmm. uh, where it looks like it's very busy again this time of year. Lots of people leaving Alabama, I saw, because, you know, Playing time's hard to get, but yeah, some more college football. Mm-hmm. I wish there was some baseball to talk about, but there's not. And the Falcons will have uh, free agency coming up after the playoffs. We got the football playoffs. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll get some ideas. What's wrong with the Hawks? Yeah, uh, well, they just had a big win. It's oh, that's right, Monday against the Hawks. Yeah, against the Bucks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they came back to win. Uh, their bench got them back in it. The Hawks, uh, I think. There'll be some more moves coming before the deadline, February 10th, I believe. The GM Schlink's reasoning was, you know, he made the one move with Cam Reddish, who apparently thinks he's an all-star for some reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. And uh, now we'll see uh, what else, what other moves he can make, because they do. They need, they need to change it up, I believe. Yeah, then Cam said, I'm a legit star in this league. <laughs> got to be careful, though. He's got a big, he's got a very enthusiastic fan base who when you criticize him at all you will hear from oh okay i'll stay away from that <laughs> <laughs> well um it was great having you on mike we'll try to get you back on after the draft maybe that'd be a good a good stop off point but we certainly appreciate ajc columnist michael cunningham coming by the bowtie chronicles for his debut trade uh, down trade down uh, 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 appearance trade down from eight. Oh. Tra- a master picks, a master picks, and, and get picks. what edge draft draft like four edge rushers, <laughs> four edge rushers, <laughs> five defensive ends. Yep, and then and, and, and every guard, every guard, sign every guard on the street. Yeah, there you go. Or a right tackle too, and guard. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, hey, thanks for coming by, Mike. We're gonna um, get out of here. This three hundred and fifteenth episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Thanks for. Stopping by, and you all have a great rest of your week. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements. 
are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.